Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the five ways to stay on track while socialising for women over 40. So you sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. So we speak to a lot of women in their 40s and 50s who are looking to drop a couple of dress sizes but struggle to balance that with their social life, especially in the run-up to Christmas when there are more social events than usual. A lot of women we speak to are able to stick to healthy food and exercise during a normal week or a normal time of the year, but then when they have all of these social events, all of those good intentions go out the window and they struggle not to eat and drink way too much and way too much of the wrong things. Then after this, they step on the scales and they find that they've gained a load of extra weight, which can be really demoralizing. It can lead to giving up completely, putting on even more weight and ending up worse off than when they started dieting in the first place. And I can't tell you how many women we work with who are trapped in this situation, who are gaining more and more weight every year, finding that they're putting on half a stone or a stone every Christmas, having to choose clothes to cover up problem areas rather than wearing the things they liked and feeling like they'd never be able to get their weight under control unless they just gave up socialising completely. But the reality is, with the right approach, you can quickly and easily drop that couple of stone without having to starve yourself, without having to ban weekend treats, or without having to give up your social life. And in today's podcast, we're going to reveal our top strategies for socialising without getting a single pound on the scales, which thousands of our clients have used to drop one to two dress sizes, fit back into all their favourite clothes and feel incredible wearing anything they like in 12 weeks or less. Okay, so let's get straight into it with the first tip. So the first tip is all around the mindset because most people see nutrition that if they can't do it perfectly, there's no point trying it at all. So they say, I'll start again tomorrow, I'll start again next week, you know, diet starts again Monday, that kind of thing. The thing is, it's not their fault. Like bog standard diets are very rigid and teach this kind of black or white thinking. So they say foods are either good or bad and there's no flexibility. And this leads to basically seeing healthy eating like a light switch. So it's like an on or off light switch. So when it's switched on, they're saying no to everything. They're only drinking water. They say no to all the canapes and they're only gonna eat salad. And in the reality is there's, there's probably not, these things are probably not an option anyway. It will probably come across as rude and people don't wanna do it. It's bad for business if, like many of our clients, they have a lot of work social events, especially in the run up to Christmas. And if it's with friends or family, it can often be a bit embarrassing as well to kind of like reject everything you're being offered. So what they then default to is switching the switch off. So they say yes to all the free drinks and canapes and they end up picking up all the snacks and then eating all the food offered, maybe a three course meal, maybe a meal with dessert and they end up eating everything. And that's never going to work. And we're going to go into a bit more about that later. But the reality is, it's not on or off. It's not black or white. Nutrition is much more like a dimmer switch. So whilst it's probably impossible to be perfect, so like 10 out of 10, the dimmer switch at full, it's still miles better to be like a 6 out of 10, a 5 out of 10, than 0 out of 10. Because maybe that just means you maintain for that day and then you lose weight on all the other days that week. And therefore, you still see progress. So... A six out of 10 or a five out of 10 might look like instead of having wine, 
you have a GNT or Prosecco, which is half the calories or less. And maybe you stick to having two drinks rather than just drinking unlimited amount of drinks throughout the night. And it might also look like being selective with the canopy. So maybe you say yes to the healthier ones. So maybe you say no to like the deep fried ones or the ones with cheese or pastry. And you maybe go for something with a bit more protein in it. So maybe something like a salmon bellini, but you don't have the spring rolls or the cheese tarts. But really, we're, not, we're going to get in depth in like the choices later. But the key thing with social events is to stop worrying about it not being perfect. It doesn't need to be perfect and it won't be perfect. Our clients have busy calendars. They have lots of work to's, they have lots of social events, and they're still able to lose one to two stone in 12 weeks without having to miss out on these things entirely, without having to be rude or embarrass themselves. And the next few tips are going to go through exactly how to do that. So Ben, why don't you go in with the first kind of more actionable tip? So the first tip we've got to uh, to not gain weight while socializing is what we call the protein secret. So all foods that you eat are divided into three main groups. So these are proteins, carbs, and fat. So all the, all the foods you can eat can be kind of generally categorized into one of these or that they're made up of kind of multiple different ones. They might be kind of, you know, half protein, half carb or half protein, half fat, something like that. But all the foods that you eat and all of these things contain a certain amount of calories. Calories are basically just a measure of energy. So you can think of every every food that you eat has an, a value of how much energy you're putting into your body. So for example, you know, a banana is about 100 calories. That's kind of the amount of energy that you get into your body when you eat that. Although you may have two things though that are the same amount of energy, same amount of calories, your body deals with those things in different ways. So for carbs and fats, the body basically sees those as just kind of sources of energy. They are easily digested, especially if they're, they're processed foods. So the more processed something is, the more easy it is for digest to digest because kind of some of the processing has already been done. So for example, if you're eating sugar, very, very easily digested. Things like bread or pastry, again, very, very easily digested. Um, so for those types of foods, those energy sources, carbs and fats, your body takes in a lot of the energy from those foods into your body to then be used for, you know, exercise or your day-to-day -day life. For protein though, it's a little it's a little different. So protein is a little more difficult for the body to digest. So about 30% of the energy that you take in from protein is actually used to digest it. Meaning if you take in 100 calories of protein, you actually only like eventually you end up with about 70 calories getting taken in because of the amount of calories that have been used to digest that protein. So the amount of calories you take into your body overall is reduced despite eating the same amount of food. So that's kind of the first advantage of protein that if you if you fill up on protein, the amount of net calories that actually gets digested into your body is less than if you were to fill up on carbs and fats. The other advantage of eating protein is that it signals to your brain that you're full and satisfied. So a really good example of this is if you imagine eating a huge piece of meat. So imagine eating, trying to eat, let's say two chicken breasts. Most people I think, you know, maybe you'll eat the first chicken breast you get halfway through the second chicken breast, you're probably going to start feeling really full and really like you don't want to really eat any more of it. The reason this happens is that when your body digests protein, it sends signals to your brain that actually tell you that you're full and satisfied, it actually tells you to stop eating. So when you eat plenty of protein, you're not going to crave other foods. You're not going to crave unhealthier things. However, when you eat carbs and fats, this reaction doesn't take place. So you could eat carbs, you know, loads of foods which are full of carbs, full of fats, and you'll still feel hungry. You'll still feel like you want to eat more afterwards. You won't feel satisfied. You won't feel full. So 
after a high protein meal, you're not gonna crave those foods. So if you fill up on protein, not only will you take in less calories because of the calories taken to digest it, you'll also find it easier to avoid eating and drinking other unhealthy foods. So when you're socializing, what this means is when you're kind of choosing what should I have, if you go for higher protein options, it's gonna make it much, much easier for you to A, achieve your result, and B, avoid eating anything else that's unhealthy. So as much as possible, try and get plenty of protein in your diet. Okay, so the next thing that's gonna help you with socializing is all about the number of courses you're consuming. So let's imagine you're at a work do and they serve three courses or you're at someone's house and they give you three courses. Now, it's nice to have three courses on a special occasion. I love food. The whole team loves food, to be honest. We'd all love to eat three courses all the time. But if you're doing it all the time, it's going to be impossible to avoid overeating, especially if you're someone who has a desk-based job where you're barely moving all day. Obviously, it'd be totally different if you're like a professional marathon runner, you're running hundreds of miles a week, you can get away with eating a lot. But for most people who are sat down all day, you're not going to be able to get away with then going and eating a three-course meal multiple times every month. So how do we deal with this? Well, let's just look at the facts though, first of all. So starters and desserts, they're often somewhere between 500 and 1,000 calories. There's a few exceptions, but in most cases, I would say that's true. And our average client eats about 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day, often sort of somewhere in the middle of that range. So this could be a quarter to half of their entire day's calorie intake in just one course, let alone one meal, in just one course, they're eating half of their calories potentially. So how do we deal with this? Because that's not gonna work. If you're eating half your daily calories in one course and then you're also having drinks, then you're having another two courses, you're obviously gonna eat way too much, way more food than you and your body need. And your only choice then is you're gonna gain fat. We don't wanna do that. So what other options do you have? Well, the first thing is you can share your dessert with someone else. So this is something me and Lucy do all the time is we will share a course, we'll share a starter, we'll share a dessert. Obviously, if you're paying for it, it saves you money as well, but we're mainly doing it just because we know we don't need to eat three meals a day. And that's where people who still sort of exercise five, six days a week, we do a lot of exercise. And even then we know we're not gonna be able to get away with eating three courses all the time. The other option is just to say no to an entire course. So if you've already had a starter and a main and you love like you love savory food, just stick with the starter and the main and say, oh, thank you, but no thank you to the dessert. Or if you love dessert, but you don't really care so much about savory, maybe skip the starter and just have the dessert and you're immediately gonna save 500 to 1,000 calories. And a lot of people <clears throat> do find saying no difficult um, for whatever reason. Usually it's about other people's perceptions of themselves. So we're gonna get into that next um, as a lot of people really struggle with that. And if you can bring yourself to start doing it, you'll realize actually no one really cares if you say no. And there's lots of ways to do it in a more sort of tactical way so that you don't feel like you're missing out and you don't offend the other person either. So that brings us on to our next tip, which is just to practice saying no. So a lot of people, they do feel pressured into eating and drinking certain things in social situations because they're worried that if they if they say no, it might come across as rude. Now, sometimes this may be a genuine concern. For example, you go to around someone's house for dinner, they cook you a meal and you just refuse everything. You just say, oh, actually, no, I don't really want any of that that you've made. You've spent all that time cooking for me. That actually probably would come across as rude. Um, so it's, it's really about how you handle those situations. But more often, though, with these types of things, it's not really about saying no to the whole meal. So in that situation, you go around someone's house, they cook you a main meal. 
you you can just have yourself a reasonable portion of that meal like it's not it's not necessarily that's not going to be the end of the world the biggest concern is the sort of extras that people try to convince you to have whether that is an additional uh, alcoholic drink whether that's a dessert whether that's something else in addition or whether it's some snacks that are in addition to the normal food and there are people who are in that situation they'll kind of say yes to it they'll be like oh go on then yeah fine i'll have another glass of wine and then they'll almost convince themselves or use them like use the excuse that it would have been rude to say no so i had to say i had to have a glass of wine oh well i had to have that glass of wine because you know they offered me it and i didn't want to didn't want to be rude when the reality is it's it's not really going to come across as rude so if you think about for example the last time someone told you that no they didn't fancy having another glass of wine or no they didn't fancy having dessert did you sit there offended thinking like oh my god i can't believe they've refused that glass of wine that is that is awful. You know, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to consider not being friends with them because that was the rudest thing I've ever seen. No, that's not, not really how it goes. So you, you ask someone if they want a glass of wine, they say no to you and you go, all right, fine. And you don't think anything of it. You just move on with your life. And the reality is like, as people, we, we think we're all kind of very concerned with ourselves. So we're always thinking like, oh no, I don't want to come across as rude. They're probably going to think I'm rude. The reality is everybody else is thinking the same. So they're thinking, I don't want to come across as rude. So I better offer them a glass of wine in case they want one. So then they do that because they're worried about what you're going to say to them. Then you say no, and they think absolutely nothing of it. So first you've got to realize that nobody really, nobody really cares that much whether you say no or whether you say yes in these situations. So when someone does ask you if you want something and you know it doesn't fit in with your goals or your nutritional choices you know that you know you've already had a main meal you've had a glass of wine you're happy with that you don't want another glass of wine and a dessert and you just say to them the easiest approach is just say oh no thanks and 99% of the time everyone will be like oh yeah fine no problem occasionally someone will be like oh go on then I'll try and convince you to change your mind and a lot of the time this is usually because let's say someone else wants a dessert they're thinking, I want a dessert, but I don't want to be the only one at the table who orders dessert because I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel unhealthy or feel like I'm, um, you know, I'm feeling, I don't want, they don't want to feel guilty for having a dessert. So they'll try and convince someone else to do it with them so that therefore they can feel, oh yeah, it's not everyone's having dessert. So I'm not the only one who's being greedy and having this dessert. So they're often trying to convince you to have a dessert, not because they really want you to eat dessert, just because they don't want to feel bad for eating dessert themselves. So again, it's, it's more about the other person and more about them not wanting to be judged. But if somebody then says to you, go on then, change, have a, have a dessert, whatever it is, um, all you really need to do, the best solution is just say to someone, you know, well, oh, no, thank you. I don't really feel like it. That's it. I mean, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be, no, thank you. I don't like the chocolate cake that you cooked or no, thank you. I, I think you've had, made a horrible choice with that bottle of wine and I don't enjoy it that would be rude and that might offend somebody. But if you just say, I don't really feel like it, don't really feel like a dessert, I'm actually really full, don't really feel like another drink, uh, I'd, I'd rather just have a glass of water instead, I don't really need any more crisps, I'm not feeling that hungry. You just gotta tell them you don't feel like having it and it's not like, if someone then has a problem with that, you've gotta probably start questioning, you know, who who are these people that you're, that you're friends with who won't let you just make your own decisions and do what you want. Um, but all of this really just relies on being clear on your your own goals and what you need to do in order to achieve those goals. So if you're like for the ladies in that program, you know, they're clear that they want to drop two dress sizes over the next 12 weeks. 
they know you know what amount of food they need to take in in order to achieve that they know that they can't have like four glasses of wine every time they go socializing in order to achieve that they've got like a set of guidelines that they know they need to follow to achieve the results that they want to achieve so because they've got those guidelines all they've got to do is stick to those guidelines so you know they enjoy their one glass of wine they enjoy uh, the main meal they maybe have half a dessert something like that share a dessert with someone else and they know that that is okay but as soon as it someone tries to force them to step outside of that norm and say right why don't you have a whole dessert and three glasses of wine then all then they just need to say no and they'll they'll be able to say no because they're really clear on their goals and what they want to achieve so summary from this is what you can take away is first of all if somebody asks you to do something you don't want to do just say oh thank you but no i don't really feel like it and that's going to work like 99.9% of the time. I think it's a great point just to touch on that, that you said it's not about you if the person gets offended that you said no. It's always about them and it's actually them being selfish. So when you realize that, I think initially I, when Ben and I, when we started getting fit and healthy, we started making different choices. People do get a bit upset with you. Like we would, we did it at university. So they'd be like, oh, why are you not drinking? You're so boring. They put all this stuff on you to make you feel bad, which is them being selfish. It's not you deserve to feel bad. It's them trying to make you feel bad so that you do, don't do make them feel bad. So it's all about them. They make it all about them because they want they don't want to question their own decisions because a lot of the time, a lot of people are not very healthy. And if you make them question that decision, then they might think, it's much easier just to force my friend to go back to making bad decisions than it is for me to make a better healthier decision so there is a bit of a transition period i find with this of like starting to push back or say no and people try and test you because they think it's much easier to get you to just go back to what they're doing and rather than them having to question their own choices but once you've got through that they'll very quickly get used to you saying no they'll go oh yeah no you don't drink as much as you used to do fine and they get used to it but the first time they will probably push back but just realize it's not about you it's about them and it's about their own insecurities and them being selfish and to do what's right for you is not being selfish that's just looking after yourself so keep doing that which brings me on to the last one which is all around alcohol which we kind of touched on a few times so i'm gonna give you three alcohol kind of hacks to lose weight so alcohol is very calorie dense even more calorie dense than carbs and a lot of people think carbs are bad and want to avoid them so fat contains nine calories per gram whereas alcohol contains seven calories per gram so not much less than fat carbs on the other hand are only four calories per gram so way less than fat and a lot less than alcohol as well so therefore whilst alcohol is a liquid it's actually packed with calories and it's very easy to consume a lot of calories from a small amount of alcohol without even realizing it and that's before you even factor in like all the extra snacks, all the hundreds of extra calories that will come from, you know, nuts or crisps and things like that people tend to pick on once they've had a drink. So, for example, if you eat half a bag of kettle chips, you also have a handful of peanuts and you have a couple of glasses of wine. That's about a thousand calories extra before you've even eaten your meal. So that is a danger zone that you need to be careful of and watch out for. So what I'd suggest is not just saying stop and drinking altogether. For most people, they're not going to do that. You don't need to do that. But make some better swi- switches, swaps, make some better swaps. So swap, let's say we're going to look at wine because that's the, the thing we find most people are drinking that we speak to. So let's try switching wine for a few different things. So we switch it for Prosecco, it's about 90 calories a glass versus 200 to 210 for a large glass of wine. Whether it's right or white or red, it's pretty similar calories. I think people think white's much lighter because it's lighter in colour, so it's a lot less calories. It's not. So switch it for Prosecco. 
and you already half the calories immediately. And you can't really drink as much Prosecco because it's bubbly. So Prosecco, champagne, that's one good switch. Second one is gin and tonic. Ideally, if you get a slimline one or a diet tonic, it's about 55 calories per glass. If it's a single, that's what I will always get because then I get to drink more. So it's about three to four times less than a large glass of wine. So I can have three single slimline gin and tonics. There's loads of great flavors to choose from. And I've still had less than that person who's had a glass of wine. And most people who are having wine end up drinking half the bottle because they're sharing the bottle or even the whole bottle. So I'm like five times less than them by that point. So again, that's another massive advantage. And then the last thing you can do is there's so many amazing non-alcoholic options out there now that again, you can go for something like Seedlip or Lime and Soda, which is one of my favorites. Those can be as little as 20 calories for the drink. So you can have 10 of them for one glass of wine. You're probably not gonna have 10 drinks. So you're always gonna be miles ahead of the person drinking wine and you're gonna see miles better results in that person as well. So those are just a few of the things, those tips we've gone through today that women inside our Fit Over 40 program are doing to enable them to still socialize and lose weight. And we've got an example, we've got many, many examples inside the program. We've got one here from Lucy, um, who's 48 who put this kind of stuff into action. So Ben, why don't you read out um, what Lucy said? So Lucy said, she said to us, before joining Trinity, I was significantly overweight, unfit, immobile. I was a size 20 to 22 with no energy, poor sleep, stomach ache, and feeling rubbish. I was not wanting to do anything and go anywhere due to tiredness and feeling horrible about how I looked. I had tried Weight Watchers, Slimming World, Slim Fast, Juice Plus, Atkins, and lots of other faddy diets. I was skeptical that it would be just another empty promise and I'll be wasting my money. But since joining Trinity, I've lost three stone, one pound. I'm stronger and fitter with way more energy to do stuff. I'm also more confident and happier with how I look and understand the importance of lifelong changes to diet and health. My tastes are changing and I'm actually choosing slash craving healthy foods rather than rubbish now, even when I have treats. Now I can plan how I want to handle any event and feel more confident in control. So that just goes to show how, you know, you can make a massive change to your habits and the way that you approach these social situations. And over the long term, you know, you can still socialize, still enjoy yourself, but still make a massive change like Lucy who's lost over three stone. So if you want to find out more about the approach that Lucy followed, about working with us, about how you can put all of these tips and, and tricks into action and make sure that you see amazing results, regardless of what you've got going on in your life. If you head over to www.fit40info.com, you can find all the details on that page. Amazing. So that just about wraps up for another episode of the Trinity Fit and 40 podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you again next week for another episode. Bye for now. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.